Are you sick and tired of that political news crap? Then listen to Poor Entertainment every other Tuesday, right here on the Journey into Comics Network. JourneyIntoComics.com The following, following. The following. Is a Journey into Comics 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 Network 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 Production Production And here we go Ladies and gentlemen You're listening to Journey into Comics The podcast dedicated to all things nerd With your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips Showtime, a-holes What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey into Comics Journey into Comics 208 Holy shit, it's late I didn't mean to make that rhyme, it just kind of popped out of there onto me. So, hope everybody's doing fantastic as you're listening to this podcast Monday morning. I'm recording this like Saturday night, early Sunday morning. So, hope everybody's doing fantastic. Going to give you guys, as always, a little bit of back story of things that I have been doing as of late. Uh, so, recently, uh, Walk Among Us performed over the weekend, and we played this cool thing in Mulberry called Shakedown Fest. Now, in at the Shakedown Fest, it was pretty nifty because we, uh, we'd never played there before and we really wanted to be a part of this event. And to finally get asked to be a part of this event this year was pretty huge. They also were like, hey, you can kind of pick when you want to play. And it was like, oh, that's cool. So we were like, maybe 8 o'clock is a cool like spot. People will just be getting there. Now, what we didn't know was going to transpire, of course, on Friday, it decided to monsoon. So we're sitting there and it's just pouring like crazy and everything is going crazy with the with the rain on our drive down there and whatnot and we're like fuck this is gonna probably be like a, a maybe not so great turnout you know so luckily actually the turnout was fantastic uh we got to play second the sluts played first um they they aren't actual sluts they're all dudes so i mean i guess dudes can be sluts you know uh, anybody could be a slut really you know uh, and you could be a slut too, but uh, they played and it was it was a cool set, you know. Really get into their music. They play a lot of different weird styles. They go a little ska sometimes and some other stuff and whatnot. So uh, we're sitting there and we it's it's almost time to go. And I'm like, uh, I don't I don't know how many mic inputs they have. So I'm like thinking about it, and I just realized you guys on the live feed can't even hear me talking. So now if you're joining the live feed, you can finally hear me speaking. You're probably like, Nate, we can't fucking hear you. What's going on? Well, I fixed it now. I totally forgot to turn my audio on on that part. So if you're watching on the live stream, you're probably wondering why I'm not talking. But now I'm talking, so hopefully you're enjoying it. So anyways, Walk Among Us is about to perform, and I'm like, hey, I think one, two, three... I don't think there's very many mic inputs. Like, there's only four. So we need at least five, you know? And I was like, holy shit. Like, hopefully this can this can work, you know? So we get up on stage. We start, like, putting shit together and getting our stuff up there. And it's definitely only four-channel board. We need five channels because there's three vocals and, and the two direct boxes for Sarah and Veronica's pianos. So I'm like oh, fuck, like, I'm probably not going to sing tonight, whatever, you know, like, it's fine, I'm not, I'm not even upset about it, so we get set up, we get our levels set, and it's go time, and we get going, we get into our set, it was a lot of fun, we opened with Where Eagles Dare, it's one of my favorites to play, 
Uh, it's just really energetic, kicks the door down, screaming that I ain't no goddamn son of a bitch, uh, which is true. We are not goddamn sons of bitches. So, uh, yeah, that, the set was a lot of fun, and it was cool to interact with all the different people and whatnot. And the environment there was just so relaxed. It was very... Like, hey, you're an artist. We're an artist too. Like, let's enjoy it and, you know, enjoy it together, as it were. So, anyways, uh, we get done with the show and we load out. Another band's going to load in. And we're slowly tearing down and we're talking to people. And I look, yet again, live streamers, here you go. It's proof in the pudding. I don't know if you can see it very well, but that's the uh, the Band-Aid because I blew another hole. There's the the hole from last week. Can you fucking see it? Live stream, I don't think they can see it. I, I have this weird light, and I'm just trying to like get an early live stream set up. I don't even know if this is going to be something I do more than once, folks. So if you're enjoying the live stream somewhere down below, be like, hey, I really fucking enjoyed this. It was a lot of fun to listen to. And podcast people, if you're listening and you enjoy the podcast today, let me know, because this is a totally different thing. Like I'm kind of in two worlds here. I'm, I'm live streaming in front of me. I'm recording behind me. I'm in my kitchen. My nice new kitchen with the cool setup and stuff. So anyways, uh, you know, we get done playing. People are talking to us, and it was really cool. And it was really nice to hear all the cool comments, and it's always very humbling. Uh, I got to talk with Dick and Miranda. It was cool to talk to Dick. He was actually, and that's rewind to Thursday, because I'll be able to tell this before he will, actually. So Thursday, going backwards in time, I'm sitting at the house. Or no, it was it was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. See, I have time travel even further. So last Wednesday, right, we are uh, sitting at the house, and I get a text from Dick, and he's like, hey, man, I might come stay with your pl- at your place tonight because uh, I'm going to go see this show up in the city, and it's probably going to get late, and I've been up for work since 5 a.m., which is 4 a.m. our time. And he's like, I don't want to die. I would rather live and sleep on your couch than die. I was like, I totally appreciate that. So yes, anytime that Dick needs a place to stay or any of the people that I'm, I closely work with, I'm always like, you definitely no questions asked, have a place to stay. So he's like, I'll just, I'll let you know. It's it, depending on if Nick shows up or gets to go to the show or whatever. So I don't really know the ins and outs of all that, but Dick ends up texting me. He's like, Hey, I'm definitely staying over tonight. I'll be seeing you guys later. I'll text you when I'm on my way. Cool. <laughs> so we're sitting around, hanging out and whatnot, watching Thor The Dark World and Iron Man 3. And uh, we had ordered some Domino's and went and got Domino's and came back. And we're watching the movies and whatnot. Dick texts us. Hey, I'm almost, I'm on my way. All right, cool. So I'm anticipating his arrival at some point in the very near future. And... Uh, he he texts me again. He's like, hey, man, uh, I'm on my way, but I need motherfucking Domino's. I was like, cool, man, stop by the Domino's. It's like right down the street from my place. Get yourself some food and then come back. It's cool. So he texts me or not, never mind, and a picture because apparently Domino's was closed. Well, the carryout was closed, right? So he interacts with some dude who's like, yeah, man, our carryout's closed, but... Our uh, our delivery's good till midnight. So I text Dick. I'm like, dude, here's my address. Just have the fucking pizza delivered to my address. Come here now. And he did, and it was great. And we kind of all were like, man, I wonder, like, shit, dude. I 
he could have just like had it delivered to the McDonald's next door and literally got his pizza in like eight and a half minutes. You know, like, hey, I'm in the McDonald's parking lot next door. Can you just deliver this to my car? Like, I'm at an address, you know? I mean, they do the fucking hot spot now, right, Domino's? So anyways, Dick came over, and he was here, and we ended up talking for like six fucking hours. It was an amazing conversation. It was kind of sad that it wasn't a podcast, but at the same time, I love that there are these cool little conversations that get had in between the shows, in between the lines that you guys don't get to hear and experience. And those are, you know, um, moments that are near and dear to my heart. Dick and I got to talk and reminisce and, and discuss all the stuff that had been going on as of late in life. And it was, you know, it was good to just chat with him. It really was. It was, it was nothing but a great conversation about all kinds of different things. So Dick stayed and then the next day he got up and I got up and then we went in the kitchen where I'm standing now, sitting now, and he's sitting like right there next to me. And we recorded a little miniature podcast that you guys are going to be hearing in the near future. I'm not going to spoil that announcement. And, uh, it was a great thing. He's like, let's do 15 minutes. And I was like, okay, cool. 15 minutes. Good. Great. Glad. We definitely went 45 fucking minutes. Cause we like to talk, you know? So, uh, ultimately Dick had to go home and then it's like, my brain starts ticking for the show and everything else to come. We had some network drama that happened. It wasn't really drama. I guess that's a poor word, but I feel like it's, I feel like it's drama because it's like, oh, that shitty thing happened. Like, but we keep moving on because it's, it's not the end of the world. It's not a dramatic moment when stuff like this happens. And it's, it's kind of cool to be able to like give you guys some of the network behind the scenes here now on the live stream, as well as those of you who are listening at home. So ultimately uh, Thursday rolls around. I text Chris Plant. I'm like, hey, bud, uh, kids for sale. You guys got it? And he's like, I don't have it. Travesty has hit. Uh, our computer crashed midway through our podcast, and Ashley has to go to bed. What do you want me to do? And I was like, well, first of all, I'm so sorry, you know, that that happened. It's a fucking terrible thing to lose a podcast at all. You know, you get into a really nice flow in a conversation, and you're feeling something very special, and then boom, something stupid happens. The record button doesn't, whatever, and blah, blah, blah. So Chris is just like, you know, like, I don't know what to do, man. And I was like, here, just take a take. First of all, take a deep breath. It's all going to be okay. Like, this is not the end of the world. I know we do release shows at midnight on the button, typically speaking, on the network. But sometimes stuff happens. And if it has to go up late, as long as it hits on the same day, we don't really care. You know, it's like things happen. So Chris is like a hero. And he pulls a he pulls a classic Nader AP, as it were, and goes solo mode. And uh, did a really cool p- podcast. Uh, episode 8 of Kids for Sale was called Quality Time with Dad. So and he and he you know he he was finding himself and learning the the weirdness of just talking essentially to yourself but I feel like right now I'm not talking to myself I'm talking to you the the viewer now watching the live stream or those of you who are listening at home as I keep saying cuz I'm just making sure to interact with all the audiences that may be on here and it's like I haven't even checked the live stream over here we've got a couple people watching so thank you guys for checking us out that's really groovy um so back to it. Let's go into so Thursday that had happened, and then <clears throat> Friday we did the show. We had to drive back, and it was arduous. And the three of us in the truck—it's just so fucking tightly packed. And you know, it's like we love each other; we're all best friends, you know. But sometimes, sitting essentially sitting uh, crunched up against each other for two hours in a truck is not the best way to spend our time together. 
So it does get a little time to time heated and whatnot. And I, I, it's, it is frustrating because it, it definitely uh, creates unnecessary tension sometimes. So we're looking to uh, remedy the situation with our vehicle right now and get something better for Walk Among Us. Uh, but you guys aren't here just for Walk Among Us talk. We're not going to just talk among you today. We've actually got some pretty cool stuff for you. And now let me tell you, today I've got something planned, maybe a little bit different. I hope you guys who are watching on the live stream, I hope this comes through as I'm planning it to anyways. I've got this new thing that Dick set me up with called Streamlabs. And I've kind of got this set up planned so that I can not only talk about the things that I wanted to talk about today, which is a lot of Captain Marvel news and some other stuff, and not the whole sh the whole show is not going to be like this, but uh, and we might not actually even start there. I just wanted to make you guys who are on the live stream aware that there's going to be some neat stuff because while I'm talking about whatever the fuck it is that I am reviewing or looking at or, or dissecting for the first time, I'm going to definitely be putting them up on the screen so if you're watching it you're going to actually get to see what the fuck I'm talking about and go oh that's that's really radical and really cool speaking of radical and cool here's something neat apparently Kevin Smith said journey into comics on his podcast this week so we'll see what that's about AP is supposed to be hitting me back with some audio evidence of that maybe we'll turn that into an interesting little bumper who knows i don't i man you know i don't know it'll be it, it depends on how cool it sounds and, and what exactly was said maybe he referenced our show i don't know <clears throat> ah there's ah, that's i feel like that's so far away that i feel like i can cheat this a little bit and i can tell you guys the story here and then double back and tell you again when you're listening to journey into wrestling next sunday because that's an announcement starting next sunday uh the no no it would be two sundays from when I'm recording this, technically speaking, so the 23rd, uh, Journey into Wrestling will drop on the 23rd, and that is going to be an official shift, okay, for Journey into Wrestling. We're moving that show to Sunday because Foodies Watching Movies is coming back, and we got to keep our fucking Foodies Watching Movies Wednesdays, man. Uh, so it'll be Foodies Watching Movies in tandem with Adulting Ain't Easy. As they finish out their first season here, they've only got a few months left to go. So uh, it'll be really exciting to see whatever they bring to the fold. So ultimately, you know, uh, everything's been cool with the network and the change, but uh, there's some really neat stuff that happened. So I made this design for All In 2 because All In was this wrestling event that happened, and it was like... Oh, so fucking amazing, right? The first independent wrestling promotion to sell on a 10,000-seat arena, uh, and they did it in like 29 minutes and 34 seconds or some shit like that, right? And here's the crazy thing about that is that they said they were going to do it, and they did it with the power that they have, and they don't have the WWE backing them, right? So I really extra champion these guys because they're like very much like me. I don't have anybody you know, that's on my side. I'm not the nerdist. I'm fucking Nate Phillips. That's as far as it goes, you know, honestly. So I don't have that uh, big name exposure and whatnot. I'm doing this at, on the grind and on the hustle and, uh, you know, hoping and praying that someday I'm trying to get this light adjusted because it's kind of glaring and that shit is obnoxious. I just realized you guys got to be hating that there. That seems a little bit better and a little it's still there in my glare fucking lenses. I'll just turn like this. That's fine. It's even better. So. Lost my train of thought there because the fucking light got me. Uh, where was I at with all the shit that's been going on? Oh, so the the, the all-in thing. Yeah, back to that. 
So with All In uh, happening, uh, my wheels were turning, and I was like, oh my god, I'm going to make the... I think I told part of the story on the last Journey into Wrestling. I did. I know I did. Um, but on the flip-flip side of this, there's more that is that has happened. So I told you guys that I made the cool All In 2 mock-up design, and I put that on Twitter and shared it a couple places or whatever, and didn't really think that it was going to do anything. Like, it... it by all rights, probably shouldn't have done anything because I don't. I'm not connected to that many people on the Twitter world. But sometimes a hashtag or a rightly placed, um, you know, when you tag somebody in a post, somebody else happens to see that, and then something goes crazy. So I'm sitting there, and we're on our way to the the uh, Mulberry Show with with uh, Walk Among Us that we did uh, at the Shakedown. And as we're as we're driving down there, my phone starts blowing the fuck up. And I'm like, dude, my GPS is what I need. I need my GPS. I don't care about the other fucking notifications, but I can't help but see them coming through. I see one and I'm just like, yeah, fucking right, man. Whatever. That's not the case. And it said, Lance Storm retweeted you. And I was like, Lance Storm. Well, there's a professional wrestler named Lance Storm, and I admire him quite a great deal. He's a Canadian wrestler and uh, wrestled in WCW, wrestled in TNA and ROH, and has wrestled everywhere, WWE, obviously. Uh, was a tag team with Christian for a time. Uh, the Un-Americans, I think, was their tag team name. But, uh, you know, anyways, Lance Storm, I greatly admire him. His Boston single leg is dope. He's, 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 that's a, and he's a great technical wrestler, you know. So... I see that and I'm like, I have to click on this to see if this is real. And I click and it's actually Lance fucking Storm has retweeted my tweet. And I was like, holy shit. And then he said, I love this design because it would work for two, three, four, and five. So then there starts to be this debate of people don't see in the design how it could be the different numbers and whatnot. I'm going to go and like probably make some more mock-ups just because I'm crazy like that. But it's super cool because I've never really, as I kicked the table, I can't believe I just fucking did that. Um, it's it's crazy to me because I've never had something go Twitter viral. Like I've had some interesting successes, I, I success, whatever the fuck that means, um, for having like a lot of responses on a post on Facebook or whatever. I think that was in some group. And I posted a thing like, what are you passionate about? And it ended up getting like 357 comments or some odd shit like that. Only like four likes, but a fuck ton of comments. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. So it's, I've had brushes with that kind of shit before. So to have all these people retweeting, all these people saying that they hope my design gets picked up. They hope that the the Bucks and Cody see my design and have something to say about it. And I'm like, me too. Like, I just, here's my thought. I don't want anything from them. They can sell that on all the fucking merch in the world, and I'll let them have it as their design. Just get me to fucking all in, too, and let me sit ringside to watch it, and that's all I need. I'm sold. You know what I'm saying? Like, get me a couple tickets to go there and fucking chill and watch this shit live and get home, and that's all I care to do. Uh, And you can have my fucking design. Like, I don't give a shit that much. (laughs) I mean, I think that's a fair trade. You're, you're... it, it, all in two hasn't even been announced yet. So, anyways, I digress. Let's get into some comic book news, and we're gonna start off with Captain Marvel, right? So, I teased and even did a little live video not too long ago that was like, 
I can't remember what, uh, oh, oh, it was like, hey, there's going to be this big announcement on Captain Marvel, like, hopefully we have some cool shit to discuss with that, hopefully there's a trailer, spoiler alert, there's no fucking trailer yet, I'm hoping maybe by this week, they'll be like, shit, we really need to get the trailer on, that hype was over, overhyped, there's so much hype on Captain Marvel, it's crazy, um, and, and there's a lot of reason why, so like I said on the live feed, if you're, if you're hanging out right now, you're about to be seeing some cool stuff because I'm going to be showing you guys the stuff they released, the pictures they released for Captain Marvel uh, as Entertainment Weekly broke on Tuesday or Wednesday it was that Captain Marvel graced the cover. And it's, I mean, it's it's fantastic. Brie Larson looks amazing as Captain Marvel. Very powerful, very empowering. Uh, looks great in the suit. The suit looks fantastic. Entertainment Weekly up there. Uh, the fe the future is female. Your very first look at the galaxy's newest and most powerful star, Captain Marvel. Uh, I really dig it. Like overall, just the look of that is is badass. Now it doesn't stop there because they released some more pictures, and we're gonna get there. This one here being, or this one here, I pointed the wrong direction. I'm still getting used to what direction to point. So this one right here is the first shot from like. In the movie, her on set with the suit, it looks fucking fantastic. I love how angry she looks. She looks like she's got a lot of rage in her, and I think that's going to be a big chess piece in her story, right? Brie Larson's Captain Marvel is struggling in this universe, and she's going through some shit in this part of her world. She's already Captain Marvel, and then they're going to kind of bend some of her origin story a little bit. And I'm really looking forward to that. Because her origin story, you know, she gets her powers from Marvel, who passes them down to her. However, that's not going to be the case because she already is whatever. And she already, or I guess it was more her suit that gets passed down. Or I'm bad about Captain Marvel. I'm still learning. So it's 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 kind of a process. I'm I'm not the best right now. But I'm, I'm just commenting on the, the aesthetics of it all. It looks fan-fucking-tastic. So here we've got a picture of Marvel, played by Jude Law. Uh, the returning Lee Pace playing Ronan the Accuser. Maybe he's not the accuser yet. Maybe he's the accused. Uh, that was a terrible joke, but uh, it's uh, your dire the director right above me here uh, tr directing them, telling them what she wants out of the energy of the scene and whatnot, probably. Uh, Jude Law looking a little menacing, but at the same time, looks kind of like a badass and a boss, so looking forward to that. We're going to move forward here and look at another picture that was released from Entertainment Weekly of the uh, Star Force. Now, interesting to note here on the Star Force picture, we've got... Uh, I can't actually point, like I can't actually, my arm only goes, it doesn't go through the thing, you know, I can't do that, but up there, you guys, up there, you guys will notice that uh, it's it's Korath from Guardians, Korath from Guardians, and you've got the lady that's like almost right above me is Minerva, which awesome, they're getting Minerva into the universe here now, so uh, Star Force there, Ronan the Accuser uh, as with Lee Pace there. And again, you've got Jude Law as Marvel. Now, the next picture is maybe one of the ones I'm most excited to discuss because I want your scrolls and I need your scrolls because it's the motherfucking scrolls. I'm so excited. They look fantastic and as menacing and creepy as the advertisements and weird things they added to Secret Invasion specifically. Some of the art that I think Alex Ross did specifically for Secret Invasion really resonating here in how they designed these scroll who are planning a full-on 
Invasion. Now, Ben Mendelsohn is playing the main bad. He was in and isn't... Um, I'm pretty sure he was in Rogue One. He's one of... Uh, I'm pretty sure he's in Rogue One. Uh, but anyways, he's going to be playing fucking this... I can't think of his name. Of course, I fucked this up. I think it's Talos. Talon. Tenny. What's his... Oh, here we go. His villainous role has been revealed. What is his villainous role named? Talos. I was right the first fucking time. So get out of here. God. So Talos, right? He's playing Talos, who is a scroll who technically speaking can't shapeshift like all the other scroll. Like all the other scroll essentially can shapeshift into anybody. But wasting Ben Mendelssohn on just having him in temporarily in prosthetics and then having him shapeshift the majority of the movie to other characters kind of sacrifices a really great actor for the sake of of like telling your story. So if you limit that, if you put your your character in a box and say Talos, you can only change into one form and it's kind of like a human variation of yourself and that's as far as you get to go, but that's it, you know. Then it limits his um his ability to fuck with everything, so what he does is more calculated because he doesn't have all the powers, you know? And he becomes a great general because he's planning the Skrull invasion. And how is he planning the Skrull invasion? Well, Ben Mendelssohn's character actually is going to be, and this is the cool thing, folks, Ben Mendelssohn's character is actually going to be the boss of Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. when Nick Fury was an underling at this point, Nick Fury having both of his eyes. Speaking of Nick Fury, bam, here's our first look at young Nick Fury. The de-ageifying process that Marvel and Disney possess is fucking terrifying. They do such a great job. It looks like I'm looking at Jules Winfield back in his Pulp Fiction days, but with a haircut, partially, you know? So uh, I'm really looking forward to this movie, and, you know, the photos that they've released are, are killer, you know? It's one of those things you really get hyped on a movie when they do a good job of not giving you everything like i feel like if right now we would already have a captain marvel trailer that'd be it like we would have it it would be cool to talk about it'd be cool to watch on the show or whatnot and 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 freak out about with you guys but it's cool right now that they're only limiting these to photos because we now kind of have to fill in the puzzle pieces and start to guess what's happening so when we actually see footage it's going to be epic it's going to feel huge i feel like we're going to immediately go oh, this is superheroes like we haven't seen before. Like, they're going to take it to a different level this time. And then the whole... I don't know if you guys on the podcast can hear this, but I can definitely tell you that the live streamers can hear. It's the train of our existence, folks. It's coming through. It's coming to get us. When it comes to be that the soothing light at the end of your tunnel, it's just a freight train coming your way. That's a Metallica quote for you. Uh, Stick it in your pipe, Corey Graves. Back to Captain Marvel one last time. There was one more photo released that's of major importance, a major player in the story. Maria Photon Rambo is uh, is one of the characters that's going to be acting alongside of Carol Danvers as Brie Larson uh, and a good friend of, and she's going to be tackling crazy situations she's never seen or dealt with before and jumping in with both feet first. So that looks to be really exciting and uh photon i i can't i can't circle it for you i wish there was an option to circle but photon being on her uh flight 
is not like, oh, it's just a cool name, like neat. Her daughter uh, is going to become the Photon, and that is awesome because that's just setting up a future. I mean, you know, you have to set up the future of of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because you're thinking bigger picture. And, of course, this movie's set in the 90s, so you can set Photon as a little teaser and maybe something happens to Maria that causes her to not make it out of the movie. Maria's daughter, Monica, picks up the moniker of Photon. And, uh, you know, Photon's pretty powerful in her own right. She's got some cool, uh, nifty abilities. So I think it's going to be neat to see what they do with Photon and if they take that to the next level. Uh, now, there's a couple things I do want to discuss here that we need that we definitely need to discuss, but... Uh, Ben Mendelsohn talking directly about this movie is quoted as saying, look, uh, we got to deal with the Kree. The Kree are punks and the Skrulls. I mean, we're just misunderstood. At the end of the day, the Skrull is really misunderstood. Look, I don't want to curse in print or anywhere else, but if I could, I would about the Kree. Yeah, I would. Mendelsohn had a lot of fun with the role, kind of like he's playing these two different parts, but he's the same character. He says, I mean, while you're scrolling, it's a bit of a different thing. I've got a certain flow to it that this guy gestures to human costume doesn't have. Because this guy doesn't sound like this. And he changes his voice to the American accent. It's a lot more straight up, ready to do the work. Very military, industrial, complex, certain 1990, whatever. A lot more buttoned up. Scrolling's a bit more laid back, a bit more tough, a bit more nasty maybe. Maybe. You got sharper nails, stuff like that. Looking forward to this movie just because they're they're like I said they're doing a great job of hyping it. Nick Fury, you know, uh, Sam Jackson quotes some Nick Fury to also speak about some more characters that we're discussing stuff with EW here. Uh, Nick, uh, Samuel L. Jackson said I read something and I'll read it as present Nick Fury and I'll go he would never do this and I go oh wait he's not in that place you know because he's got to act like. He's a rookie. So the Nick Fury we meet is sort of a bureaucrat in an interesting sort of way, Jackson says. He hadn't become jaded or a slave to the cynicism that we normally see. He sort of respects the people that are above him, so more than the Nick Fury that people are used to. More so than the people that Nick Fury are used to. So he says he has a great sense of humor, and it was cool to you know, work with a rookie, Phil Coulson, again in this movie. Uh meeting the half Cree, half human superhero Carol Danvers comes as a mind changing attitude changing moment for him that led to him to become the person that we know he now understands there are other things out there he understands that they're not all enemies we do not need to we do need to find allies who have specific kinds of skills that humans don't have and trying to convince people above him is a difficult task because they haven't seen it or experienced it that attitude changed uh, change could help along the way because it could create his uh, reasoning for having the eye patch. The last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye, Fury said back in Winter Soldier. So the last time he trusted, say, Talos, who is his boss, who is actually a scroll. You guys see what I'm getting out of here? It just, it writes itself. It's going to be so good. Jackson also went on to say she's got the strength of the character. She's an interesting, iconic figure. In the world of Me Too and women's strength and everything that's going on in the world right now, she's a pivotal figure in that. And to put her in this position, in this very particular role in a film like this that's driven by feminism in a very interesting way, it's just the right choice. 
looking forward to this. We already kind of talked about how it's going to set up Secret Invasion, but we really didn't dish on Secret Invasion. So slowly we've started to learn now that Ben Mendelsohn's going to be infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D. and that he's literally planning a full-scale, a full-scale invasion of Earth on a grand scale, no less. So, you know, it just seems like he's planning bigger things than just what's going to be seen in this movie, and that's going to lead to long-term stuff that we haven't yet seen in the MCU, meaning right? And this is the thing you got to think about. He is essentially going to, oh, it's going to be so good. Ben Mendelsohn's Talos is setting up the precedent that any of our heroes in the entirety of the MCU could be scroll at any point. And that could be a rug that just gets pulled out from under us. Bam. And I mean, how badass would it be that by the time we find Hawkeye in Avengers 4, there's a scroll laying on the table that looks like one of the Avengers we know, but was a scroll the whole time. And when they died, they went back to their scroll look, but they're still in their in their costume, right? That would be insane because they do that with Elektra in Secret Invasion. So it'd be neat to kind of you know spin that back on its head. And I think that Captain Marvel is going to do a beautiful job of laying the deep groundwork to make that the case, so that when Ben Mendelsohn's, I, I feel like he's going to be like. I, 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 I can't tell if he's going to be a Joker-esque villain or more like a... Um, man, it'd be kind of cool to see him be more like the Mandarin, speaking of Iron Man 3. Uh, shout out to Veronica, who's checking this show out right now. Sorry, I'm not, uh, I'm not done with the podcast yet. I know it's late. I know it's late. But uh, I didn't mean to leave the photon thing up, guys. I need to change that back, huh? For those of you who are watching the live feed, let's get that back there. There we go. Had that picture of Maria while I was doing all this other stuff, and I totally forgot to change it back. So I'm really looking forward to the possibility of Secret Invasion because it does set the precedent. It also sets possibility. I mean, endless possibilities that there are characters we don't even know that exist that have been locked away because of the scroll. I'm looking at you, Fantastic Four. That's a possibility, a way to slip you in. Maybe even Deadpool. Who knows? I mean, that'd be interesting. There are so many different options they can play with using the scroll because they're shapeshifters, you know. Um, interesting to know that the Kree scroll war will be kind of really happening in Captain Marvel. Um, and it's not the, the fallout from that is going to be everlasting all the way into uh, the, the fourth Avengers movie because, you know, they're going to think that the snap was each other. The Kree are going to be like, hey, you fucking got rid of half our people, Scroll, you mother Fs. And then the Scroll are going to be like, no, we didn't, but you got rid of half our people. And that's what we think happened. They're not going to go, oh, we both lost half our people. Maybe it was someone else. They're going to just keep fighting and more fighting and more fighting. And it's going to set a great story up. And I'm really looking forward to that. Now, back to it. We're going to do some other stuff here, talk about some other things. Okay, we're going to get into some Marvel news here. We've actually got a lot of Marvel news today. I don't think I covered enough Marvel last week, or I don't cover enough Marvel on this show at all, maybe. DC News was slow this week. I don't have the streaming service yet. You guys should check that out if you have the opportunity uh, hopefully you do. Oh, what up, Ross? Ross came and checked the podcast out during the live stream. I didn't even see that. Now I feel like a jerk hole. My bad. So anyways, let's get back into it. We've got some more James Gunn news on the horizon. I've got a lot to say, three different articles, three different things to break down. So before we do that, here's to you, AP. Here's my 
Facebook live stream, first time, drinking water during the podcast. We wonder why we do it. It's to keep shit real, because I'm a human, you guys, and that's just who I am. Oh, yeah. So, let's look here at what we're going to do next. We're going to talk about Nova Prime. Glenn Close has some more to say about the James Gunn firing. While speaking with Empire, she talked further about the situation with James Gunn, saying it's hard to think of the movies without him. It's sad, and it brings up, I think, some very tricky issues around this movement. I bring it up with every woman I talk to because I want to know what people feel, you know? Is that truly what we should be doing? Uh, especially in this case, somebody, alt-right blogger Mike Chernovic, who's known to ruin people for something they wrote in a totally different context, what, 10, 12 years ago? What are we going to do? Go back to our past and make sure everything we said was politically correct? Who can live like that? I just feel there's something wrong about that. I feel sad. I feel sad certainly for James, and I feel sad for the whole situation. I feel sad that we're in a society where the social media people say things that they might not say in person. I think that's a real danger. If you're saying something on social media that you can't say to somebody face-to-face, -face, you should think about what you're saying on social media, and I fully fucking agree with that, 110%. Uh... I don't know. There's no more to what she said. So Glenn Close kind of closes there. Um, Michelle Yeo, who was Aletta O'Gord in Guardians 2, right? She says, <clears throat> talking about the James Gunn situation yet again, she says, I was shocked, horrified that we can allow something like that to happen. I don't understand at all. It's so unnecessary. What good does it do? And, I mean, that's pretty much it. They bring up again, talking about this article, they bring up again about the uh, the fully support James Gunn thing. Uh, I just, I hate that this is happening, and I feel like we're in this, like, another alternate dimension. Like, Donald Trump is our president, and James Gunn is not working on Guardians of the Galaxy, and the fucking balance of the universe is off, and I don't like it. It's, ugh, I don't like it. But here's the thing. There have been some people that are championing other directors to take over the role that James Gunn had and take over James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, right? But here's the interesting thing. So far, every director that has been brought to the attention, like, well, would you do it? They typically say no, or they don't want to be a part of that because they don't feel right. They feel a literal injustice has been done to James Gunn. It's like the whole universe is just waiting for Disney to fix this fucking mistake. So fix it, Disney. We're not asking. We're demanding it. God damn it. So here's Paul Feig. He was the director of Ghostbusters. He was on a Happy, Sad, Confused podcast. He said, I would never take anything away from another filmmaker. You can think whatever. Moralize about what James wrote. I don't make those kind of jokes. I don't like those kind of jokes, but still, that's James' franchise. So he's saying, he's like, look, I'm not... He said he's 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 not going to try to fill the void by gun, but he said maybe he would take a superhero movie, quoting, he says, I'm open to it. I really appreciate superheroes, but I don't love them. My problem is that I can never figure out the stakes because if a guy gets punched through a building and the building falls on him and he can get up and shake his head, then I don't know what I'm rooting for with you. 
the first Iron Man I loved because here's a guy, a human guy. That I can get behind. He's so smart that he builds all this other stuff. I get that. Batman's the same way. Batman's a rich guy who invents all this cool stuff. That I understand. That's why I loved Ghostbusters. Here are these scientists who invent stuff. They're still human. Cool. I like uh, Paul Feig. He's a cool dude here. Interesting news to keep on the Marvel train, you know, just kind of bouncing around on some of this Marvel stuff. Ant-Man and the Wasp has just done something that I don't know what people are going to think about it, but I'm going to report the news to you guys as I see it, and this is something I think that is very important to say. Ant-Man and the Wasp has officially surpassed Solo, a Star Wars story at the United States domestic box office. It's close right now. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp has hauled in $213,769,000, okay, while Star Wars... Or solo a Star Wars story has managed to garner two thirteen seven oh six. So uh what is that? Sixty-three thousand dollars separate them right now. But that's still very important to note that a Star Wars movie is getting beat by an Ant-Man sequel. And I'm really happy that Ant-Man and the Wasp is doing good. Did great overseas. It's kicking ass. It's not the highest rated movie of all time or anything, but I thought it was very fun. It was very energetic and uh, just seeing Evangeline Lilly and, and Paul Rudd, we've already ruminated on and talked about our review of Ant-Man. Go back and listen to Veronica and I cover that uh, back in July, whenever the fudge that was. I can't remember what episode that was. I feel like it was post-200, maybe? Pre-200, it would have had to been. Oh, it was that quantum shit, 199. I remembered, I remembered. I didn't even have to look it up. I feel very good that I did not have to look that up. I would have felt weird if I was looking it up, you know? So anyways, let's get back into some more news. Cool that Ant-Man and the Wasp is breaking those records, but we're going to get on to some actual comic book news for a brief momento here. And I am so pumped, you guys. Listen, there is one character that I have believed thoroughly is highly underrated, okay? And he is going to be returning to the fold very soon. And I am so excited to see what uh, he what they do with this. Because, okay, listen, I've been a big fan of Spider-Man for a long time. And I was reading all the way up and into the 700th ep- issue of Spider-Man when uh, Dr. Otto Octavius took over the body of Peter Parker. And Peter Parker's spirit died with Otto Octavius's body, right? And it was like this crazy tragedy and whatnot. Well, out of that spun another thing which was uh, oh that's I didn't want to spoiler alert that one oops that was a little early here but uh I got to do something folks so what happens is Otto Octavius right he shows up and ugh, I can't even do it oh well doesn't matter that doesn't matter I'm try- I was trying to edit something on the podcast for the live stream and it just didn't work folks So we're going to move on. I was going to show you guys this thing because Marvel is bringing back Superior Spider-Man. So what happened was after Otto Octavius took over as Spidey or as Parker, he decided I can be Spider-Man. And guess what? I can be better than Peter Parker. And I loved the Superior Spider-Man series. I have all 27 issues I think they ran or 31 issues. It's something like that. But I have them all. I loved that series. I loved the run. I thought it was very clever. Otto 
essentially getting Peter's life back into focus. It also kind of intertwines with what's going on with Parker now in Amazing Spider-Man because his degree has been taken away because the thing that uh, I, I think it was Kirk Connors maybe made or somebody made can read your brainwaves and see who actually wrote something that you presented as your own work so they can figure out if people are plagiarizing. And it says that Otto Octavius wrote the dissertation for Peter to get his degree. So it costs him his degree. It gets revoked and he has to go work with the with Kirk Connors. So I'm really, really stoked that they're going to be debuting Superior Spider-Man number one. I don't, when does it say it's going to come out? It looks like it says December. So it's going to be a Christmassy time thing, which is cool. I'm really looking forward to that. It makes it makes sense considering that book came out around December when it first dropped, when the first uh, volume of it came out. So I'm really looking forward to Superior Spider-Man. It's one of, like I said, one of my favorites. Uh, if you guys haven't read the series, please do yourself a favor. Get your Marvel.com uh, membership or whatever the fuck and get a digital comic and download the fucking digital comics of Superior Spider-Man because it's such a great, intelligent, well-thought-out story uh, through and through. Uh, very, very, very big fan of that. So we are going to move on because there's more Spider-Man news, and it's actually going to kind of intertwine with some Captain Marvel news, and it's going to intertwine with some other things. So there's new video that reveals the return of Maria Hill and Nick Fury on the set of Spider-Man Far From Home. So here's the interesting thing. They're blinked out of existence. Spidey's blinked out of existence. The train of our existence... That one's very loud this time. It's fucking two in the morning, and this train driver's like, I must honk the horn no less than three times at each crossing to ensure the safety of everyone that's not on the fucking road but is asleep right now because it's two in the morning for those of you who are watching the live stream because those of you who are listening on the podcast on Monday, it's not two in the morning for you. Well, maybe it is, depending on when you're listening. And if it is two in the morning... Send us a tweet. Be like, hey, our Twitter is at JIC Network. You should check us out. Lance Storm likes what we're doing. That should sell you enough, right? I think so. Anyways, Spider-Man Far From Home set reveals Samuel L. Jackson and Colby, Kobe Smolders as Maria Hill and Nick Fury, respectively, on the set of Far From Home. They're all blinked out of existence, including Spider-Man. This movie is going to be coming out, like, what, a month or two after Avengers 4, so kind of a big deal, honestly, um, that how are they going to get around not like giving away what happens? Well, that's why a lot of people think that this movie is going to be a prequel. This movie is going to essentially be set between the times of Avengers 4, and one of the cats is trying to bust in, but I got that thing set up, and they can't do it. I'm so happy. It worked. But uh, anyways, it seems that it could be a prequel. Obviously, Kobe Smulders and and Samuel L. Jackson blinked out of or well, uh, yeah, blinked out of existence at the end of Avengers: Infinity War. Uh, this movie having Parker traveling all around, it is possible that maybe he's on his way to or on the way from the airport when the Q ships start showing up in Infinity War, possibly. Right? I mean, I don't know. I just. Uh, Kevin Feige did say, though, I, I don't, it's weird, because again, Kevin Feige, as I just reread, he did say that 
this movie would happen minutes. It would start minutes after. But you know what you could do? Start the movie minutes after, but then go into prequel mode. Tell the story you're needing to tell that leads up to the whole reason that the first part of the movie is even happening. And then you can forward progress it through there. But it's like Parker reminiscing about whatever happened. And yeah. Here's another interesting thing that people are talking about. There's a fan theory that Odin was possibly the first person to collect all the Infinity Stones. This Reddit theory, okay, I'm going to just read the whole article. Uh, it says, there's a theory which showed up on the Reddit fan theory sub recently that expands on a previous theory that Odin was questing for the stones, but stopped short of the stone as he didn't want to sacrifice anyone. However, someone argued that Odin did in fact complete a sacrifice and obtain the soul stone by banishing Hela to Hell, a region of Niflheim that is the home of the dead. Then, with the stones in his possession, he wielded their power to bring peace to the Nine Realms before returning, scattering them again, specifically giving the Time Stone to Agamotto, hiding the Tesseract in Norway, leaving them to eventually be hunted down by Thanos. That I mean, that's a pretty interesting theory, but it's a dangerous theory because it also it kind of makes Thanos seem ignorant because he quested out the stones. He would have had to have had a gauntlet first. He couldn't have just held... I mean, maybe he holds on to him, but he would have had to have had a gauntlet to wield all six. I mean, even Ebony Maw saying that no one's had the might, nay, the nobility to wield not one, but two Infinity Stones. So to wield all six would be incredible. I mean, and almost impossible in that regard. There is also a suggestion that the Soul Stone has a specific impact on its bearer, particularly after they've completed the sacrifice in order to obtain it. One Reddit user noted that there's a theory that Thanos becomes nicer in a sense once he has the Soul Stone, or at least a little more contemplative. And if that's true, Odin's acquisition of the same stone may have triggered a shift from him uh, being aggressive to now less aggressive because, again, Hela and every the reveal in Ragnarok of what happened. So it would be cool if, if, if Odin did collect the stones. Maybe he collected some of them, and he definitely had the Tesseract. Uh, or, you know, he he definitely at one point had the Tesseract because he, he was well aware of its power. But I don't think if he would have collected all the stones, he would have scattered them, you know, necessarily speaking. I feel like he would have used the gauntlet to protect the gauntlet. Why has nobody done that? Like, I have an Infinity Gauntlet. I am the only person... Uh, may he who is worthy yield Thor's hammer. Same fucking thing for this gauntlet. Now, no one else can fuck with it. it, it now it's just on me. No matter what, unless it's my arm and my DNA holding it, no one else can use this fucking thing. Game over. No one can defeat you then. So there's one more thing on this part of the of the, of the the podcast here, which, you know, I don't really know how long this one's going to actually run because i got to do a little bit of timey-wimey editing only because I started the recording before the live feed so then I could get everything lined up how I wanted to do it. And hopefully it all turned out. Hopefully the live feed looks as cool as I hope it did. I uh, hope you guys have been enjoying watching it. Most of you are probably replayers. I want to shout out the three people who were up this late to watch me. The lovely and beautiful Veronica Evans. My homie, uh, Mr. Ross, who... Shout out to Mr. Ross. He's going to be coming up on the podcast soon. And we're going to be having some chats. It's going to be great. I cannot wait. And also, the man himself, Alex Cutter. Shout out to you, man. Nothing but love, brother. So, someone sent this to me. It says, Marvel Star... Idris Elba doesn't know what the MCU is, and I don't know what this video is, so I'm just going to click it, and we're going to listen and watch. I, I don't have a way to to show you. Maybe I do. Let's see. I don't think I can, but maybe I can. I'm not sure. Let's try it. 
So I'm going to just go here. You guys, this could be a total absolute disaster. I'm not sure. Enter new scene. Done. But I can't edit the scene. That's stupid. So it's just a black screen. This is, you guys can't even see me. I'm like John Cena right now. You can't see me. Yeah, I want to remove that scene. I want to go back to this scene. Damn, that was dumb. I was hoping to be able to show the video to you guys, but this says Idris Elba doesn't know what the MCU is, so you're just going to have to listen along. Those of you on the podcast, hopefully you'll be able to hear this. Let's check it out. This is a great period drama, and I feel like most period dramas we see is always from like a white perspective. How important is it for you as a director in that you're telling stories that show narratives from people in the margins? There uh, needs to be balance in everything we do, you know. As an entertainer, I think that it's important that, yeah, you know, we get stories that come from Victorian times. Why not? We live in England, but also we have a multicultural society. Let's see some history. Let's, people don't know, what, what's a yardie? Like, literally, what does that mean? And the book, the film doesn't go out to explain that, but at least you get a real sort of in-depth look into West Indian culture. Jamaican culture especially, and then the Afro-UK experience especially, you know, that, that to me means that when people walk away from this film, love it or hate it, at least they would be like, I got a needle drop into the 80s, I see, wow, reggae music, I see what that means now, I know what it feels like to go into a blues dance, you know, back then, that's where it all comes from, you know. How easy is it to make a film like this, where it is quite quite niche story, really, and it's independent? I mean, it, you know, no filmmaking's easy. I hope he becomes uh, James Bond. It's harder to sell a movie when it's niche. It's harder to sell a movie that sort of really focuses on a, on a small community in such a big country, uh, let alone the world, you know, like, so why would anyone in Russia want to watch this movie? It's a hard film to sell in that sense. But then, to me, you know, that's why we do things. That's why we make films. That's why we tell stories. So that parts of culture which probably are called niche will, you know, do live somewhere. And even though you and I, you know, we say, oh, I know what Yard is about. I'm going to go see it. It's a period piece and, and it takes me there. But hopefully, when I, I watched, um, what's that movie, the Brazilian film? City of God. City of God, right? Which, you know, essentially is a niche film. It's a film about a very, very particular area in Brazil. I love City of God. Uh, blew my mind away. I know nothing about it, but I know a little bit more now. So that's why it's important. You know? Absolutely. Um, I suppose now that you're out of MCU, it makes it so much easier for you to do this. Is there, you know, is this what you want to do now? Is directing kind of, I suppose it's kind of leveling up, like... What's MCU? Uh, MCU Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> He didn't know. Okay, that was pretty cool. It was interesting because he was like baffled. He was like, oh shit, I don't know anything about what the fuck this girl is talking about. And I hopefully did not just uh, freak her out. So uh, let's see. I'm going to do one last little sweep over on the comicbook.com. See if any late breaking news broke at two in the morning. I don't think so. Oh, you guys, you know what though? Can I say something? I'm so bummed because I wanted to be bringing you guys news about how amazing the new Marvel Amazing Spider-Man game is, but I don't have it yet. Hopefully I'll have it soon and I'll be able to give you guys 
some uh, actual genuine feedback on that. So before we get out of here today, all as always, we got to get you guys through where you guys can check out Journey Into Comics, and we're just going to break it down. You guys can check us out at journeyintocomics.com. Also go on to iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Search Journey Into Comics Network. You'll get all 10 shows on the network uh, where we have shows like Poor News, Poor Report, or Poor Report. I fuck this up every time because the new shows. I got to get this down. Okay, here we go. You ready? You have Journey Into Comics. That's this show. Tomorrow, Poor Entertainment. Then you have Adulting Ain't Easy, Foodies Watching Movies, Journey Into Wrestling, Podcastrophy, Gallif Radio, Kids for Sale Podcast, The Voice of Survival, Bruisewood Dudes, and on Sundays we do a Best of the Week show giving you highlights of all the cool stuff that we do on the network every single day of the week, Monday through Sunday. We've got something coming to you guys, just like I said, journeyintocomics.com, but you guys really should check out our Patreon. We've got some pretty cool stuff there. You give us a dollar, you get exclusive content and early access. That means as soon as the podcast is done being edited, it's in your ear hole immediately. Exclusive content meaning when Bruce with Dudes does the post game, you guys get to listen to that, and no one on Podbean or any of those other places I mentioned will get to listen to that. Only through our Patreon do you get that exclusive content. We're bringing you extra stuff. You're giving us your money, and the whole purpose of that is to fund what we love, and what we love doing is creating podcasts for you fine people. There are many other tiers on our network. You can get the $5 sticker tier, and that's got all the other stuff included, plus a random sticker once a month. The the $10 learning the ropes tier, where you can learn how to podcast with me once a month. We'll do a Skype call, and we'll just chit-chat about this thing. We'll figure out what you like about podcasting and what you want to do. Figure out your angle. Figure out what you can do when you're podcasting to make your show better. Also, you've got the $20 t-shirt tier that has all the other stuff except for the Skype call. And you get a t-shirt. But then you have the learning the ropes and a t-shirt tier that's everything for $25. So it's actually a deal. It's a discount. You get more stuff for $5 less than if you were to buy those things separately. We need your help. We would love your help. Please go check us out. That's patreon.com backslash journey into comics, folks. I want to thank you guys so much for checking this out. For those of you who have been on the live stream, thank you for this experience. It's been totally interesting and different and learning how to decipher what to interact with and I, you know, learning the whole thing. Hopefully you guys like the look of everything. Um, as always, I am your host, Nate. This is Journey Into Comics 208. I want your scroll. As always, do me a favor. Be breezy. Be chill. Tip your caps back, saw those brains open, or your, your skulls open, you saw your scrolls open, and fill your brains with shit. Later, guys. <laughs>